A reading from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. So when the calendar flips to June, I almost immediately begin to think about Father's Day. I've been thinking a lot lately about my role as a father and my desire to give my kids the very best life I can give them. I felt a little powerless to do that in recent days because, well, for one reason, my children, as many of you know, were all born in Ethiopia and they have a much darker complexion than I, which is just a fancy way of saying my kids are black. And it worries me to think about how they might be treated if they ever found themselves in a situation similar to George Floyd. I'll come back to those thoughts a little later. Right now, I want to think about my dad for a few minutes. I want to give a little shout out to my dad today. When I was a kid, I believed that my dad could fix anything. And it wasn't far from the truth. When anything was wrong with any appliance, any vehicle, anything wrong with the house, my dad could fix it. And I loved to watch him do it. It was amazing. I swear, MacGyver had nothing on this guy. And so as a kid, my idea of what made a man a man was being able to fix stuff and use tools that make a lot of noise. And I, I just, I wanted to be like my dad. But the, the problem I had with that desire is that my dad wouldn't let me touch any of his tools. Well, he would technically let me touch them in the process of fetching them to bring them to him so he could use them, but he wouldn't let me use them. I mean, I could use a hammer to pound roofing nails into some scrap two-by-four, something like that. He just didn't trust me with the power tools. As I grew older and more confident that I really could use those tools to make cool and interesting things, I would sneak into my dad's workshop while he was off at his day job and I would make things. In fact, the chest of drawers that I have in my bedroom right now was made in such a clandestine fashion. But one day I turned 18 and I graduated from high school and everything seemed to change. My brother was building a house and my dad and I helped him every day. And finally, my dad began to entrust me with the power tools. And then when my dad built his house two years later, he let me wire the whole house by myself. 
and cut all the stair treads in the house by myself. These days, because of my dad's stroke, if there's a power tool to use, my dad's the one who doesn't touch it. I do it for him, and, and he watches. Oh, when I was a kid, how I longed for the day when I would be the one using the tools. Now I'd give anything to watch my dad run a power tool again, but it's simply not to be. Time, sometimes ruthless and cruel, marches on. And all we can do is the work that we've been entrusted to do. In today's readings, we hear something even greater than an earthly father entrusting his son with meaningful work. We hear of God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, entrusting us with the meaningful work in his creation. Now, I'll get back to that meaningful work in just a few moments, but as a brief aside, I do think it's interesting to note that none of the texts on this Sunday of the Holy Trinity make any effort to explain how the Trinity works. This belief that God comes to us as one God, but in three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Theologians have tried to explain it in many and various ways, but Scripture really doesn't. And it seems to me that the very best way for us to talk about God on this Trinity Sunday is to talk about one of my favorite words, relationship. God has built his world on relationship. And God is so into relationship that God has a relationship with God's self. Right? God is Father. God is Son. God is Holy Spirit. And each person of that Godhead has a relationship with each other. God has a relationship with God's self. And that dynamic, that truth, that God is so into relationship helps us understand our readings today, in particular, Psalm 8, which Sharon led us in reading responsively just a few minutes ago. The psalm begins and ends with the same words, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. God is powerful and amazing and above everything, but what the psalmist really wants to celebrate in between those cries of majesty is God's desire for relationship. A relationship with his people and a relationship between God's people. Right? A relationship deep and personal, a relationship worthy of that confession that we are made in God's image, that God makes us just a little less than the divine and entrusts us to rule over the works of his hands. Right? We get we get to take on the stewardship of God's great creation. That creation, which is described in Genesis chapter 1, our first reading for today, a long reading, but an important reading, where the Bible describes a God who beautifully assembles creation with the power of his mighty voice. But then Genesis 1 says the same thing that Psalm 8 does, that God turns that creation over to us. Do you see what this means, right? That we actually are partners with God in the management and protection, in the ongoing creation of all that God has made. 
As we look carefully into the heart of Psalm 8 and Genesis 1, it becomes clear that this whole issue of whether the air is fit to breathe, whether the water is fit to drink, whether justice is given to all, is not primarily, primarily a social or political concern, it's a spiritual concern. Indeed, this, this psalm goes to the core of the real meaning of stewardship. Stewardship's not a special Sunday in the year when we receive our annual pledges to the budget. It's not even contained in that well-known appeal to share of our time and our talent and our treasure with the body of Christ. No, stewardship is more than that. It means that every person is a partner with God in the care of creation. That mighty and wonderful creation that God so beautifully assembled, he trusts us to manage it and care for it and to carefully tend to one another too. Which takes me back to my dad. In that moment, he began to trust me in measuring and cutting pieces for his very own house, running and connecting wires for his house. What an awesome responsibility and task. But this work that God has given us is even more than the care of creation. He has entrusted us with his church, with his people. He has entrusted us with the job of being, of being Christ's body on earth. God could simply appear to every living being. He could send an angel and tell each person about Jesus Christ, his son. But God doesn't do it that way. He entrusts us the task with being the church. He says, go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Jesus sends us out to make disciples. Whoa, right? What's the recipe for that? How do you, how do you make a disciple? Right? But Jesus tells us, go out, make them. And the only two tools that he entrusts us with for that job is baptism and his holy word. And yet, Jesus feels like with just those two things, along with the Holy Spirit, of course, we can actually be his body in the world, sharing news of forgiveness and hope and joy in his name. We can make disciples. It's a beautiful image. But I can't help feeling that we're screwing it all up right now. For many of us, it's not because of a lack of desire. But you can feel that the, the, the whole creation groaning now for something better. Wondering why God entrusts this work to us at all, this care of creation, this care of our neighbors near and far, these matters of justice and peace. It all feels so broken. I, I, I wish that God would just swoop in and fix it all for us. I don't want my hands on these power tools of faith and life and social justice anymore. But so it is. And to this we have been called. It is at once an awesome and overwhelming challenge. God not only forgives us and promises us everlasting life, he equips us to be agents of stewardship, proclamation, and change in his creation. He entrusts us with actual forgiveness, 
We can extend forgiveness on behalf of ourselves and God to another, and it actually works. We can actually bring healing into relationships and into the world. We can actually promise everlasting life to another in the name of Jesus, and it's valid. Right? We can enter into relationship with others and with God's creation, and we can expect God will show up in the middle of all that too. Friends, I have no idea what's coming next or how we're going to crawl our way through these challenges. But I know that God has given us everything we need to meet these challenges, most especially the gift of relationship with him and with one another. May we be given hearts to believe this, and strength to achieve all that God calls us to, one relationship at a time. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.